But then after I became a Catholic, I, I came to realize what a real Catholic butt is. These are the people who cherry pick the faith, these cafeteria Catholics who typically educated on some sort of Jesuit high school university, weak on the dogma, weak on tradition, who make a mockery of our faith by exhibiting a consistent pattern of watering down what we believe. Welcome back in to Talking Catholic with David O'Gray. The reactions to the Texas heartbeat bill, which not only bans abortion after the fetal heartbeat has been detected, but also allows for private citizens to file torts for up to $10,000 against those who were accessories to child murder. Rather than accessory to abortion being a criminal offense, this law harkens back to the Mesopotamian Code of Hammurabi, which also used financial penalties to correct harmful behavior. Now, in response uh, from liberals, Democrats, politicians, Hollywood and corporations about the Texas heartbeat bill, they, they've been the same old hat of hyperbole, canceling pro-lifers, donating money to Planned Parenthood, and boycotts. But it has also been typically contradictory, and so much so, that it has flatly exposed them for who they are. There is no hiding anymore the evil intent of the heart. They want to kill babies in the womb. And they will call it anything from health care to a woman's right to Taco Tuesday, just to make it sound less evil than what it actually is. Even so-called Catholic President Joe Biden said that the worst thing about the Texas heartbeat bill is that minorities, which is code for black women, won't have access to murder their child. Again, they are exposing themselves over this bill for exactly who they are. Demons from hell pretending to be eugenicists. But don't worry about it. Archbishop Wilson Gregory will still allow Joe Biden to commit sacrilege against the Holy Eucharist because the Cardinal is much less interested in, in uh, weaponizing the truth than Joe Biden is interested in weaponizing a pair of sulfur clamps against a vulnerable child in the womb. Yet, along with liberals exposing themselves as the devils they are, so have several Catholics exposed themselves as being something less than interested in protecting all life at its most vulnerable state. Even the 20 Catholic bishops of Texas came out in support of the Texas of the other legislation saying we celebrate every life being saved by this legislation. But for the National Catholic Register film critic in EWTN regular Deacon Stephen Gradonis, he remarked, I'm a Catholic, I am pro-life, but, which, by the way, the but conjunction here disqualifies everything he said prior to that he's a Catholic and pro-life, but, he says, what Texas has done in the 5-4 SCOTUS um, decision has let stand is not the way, because he believes making a crystal, crystal ball argument about an unknown future, he says, the law is a recipe for chaos and harassment and vigilantism. It will harm and intimidate innocent people. Ah! Forget about saving innocent people and vulnerable babies from being lynched in the womb. 
Let us worry about the people who were accessories to the murder, the innocent people who he calls them, from being harassed and intimidated financially. You know, before I became a Catholic, the only Catholic butts I knew were Jennifer Lopez. How's that, that I knew Jennifer Lopez was a Catholic butt? Well, I knew she was raised Catholic, and are you really asking me why I thought Jennifer Lopez was a Catholic butt? But then after I became a Catholic, I came to realize what a real Catholic butt is. These are the people who cherry-pick the faith, these cafeteria Catholics who typically educated on some sort of Jesuit high school university, weak on the dogma, weak on tradition, who make a mockery of our faith by exhibiting a consistent pattern of watering down what we believe so that the world will accept us. They are constantly seeking approval of the world by spitting on the exceptionalism of the Catholic faith. Every time, every single time, these, these people have an opportunity to hold the line, to stand on the rock of our faith and, and be rigid with the dogma. They show their contempt for our faith. They show their butt. They say, I'm a Catholic and I believe sex is for marriage, but sometimes you just gotta take it out for a test drive first. Uh, they say, I'm a Catholic and I'm against abortion, but the vaccine that was developed using aborted baby fetal lines uh, was just remote abortion. Or they say, I'm a Catholic, but I think people should be able to marry who they love. I'm a Catholic and I believe in the sanctity of life, but anytime it comes to the moral issue of sexual dignity or human dignity of the most vulnerable, these people are cowards. Here's another example of a show that Stephen Gray Donis appears on regularly, EWTN Sunrise Morning Show, where co-host Anna Mitchell is interviewing um, a Ken K. Ken K. Craft about being pro-life, how being pro-life should change the way we understand everything. And according to Ken, it, it does not have to change how we vote because there are other issues besides abortion, you know, which is another but. And, and let me be clear, abortion, as the American bishops have said, is the priority, is the preeminent, the word that they've used, the preeminent moral issue. It is a non-negotiable issue, full stop. However, as you've just said, it's a non-sequitur to say, to go from that to, therefore, you must vote for X or you, you must oppose Y. Because, as you say, we have to, in our, in our own moral lives and the issues that are important to us, that we advocate for publicly, for example, that we give our money to, for example, have to be broader than just simply that one single issue. Because as Catholics whose lives are informed by the entirety of Catholic moral teaching, we must take seriously these other issues. Imagine Jesus is qualifying himself saying, go sin no more. But if you can't just sin less, be holy. But... If you can be holy, uh, well, don't be holy on St. Patrick's Day. See, the basic principle of, of truth here is that you cannot disqualify the truth, otherwise it's not true. Two last points I want to make about the uh, post-Christian society before I let you get back to your life. First, I believe what is really missing in today's society is the cardinal virtue of fortitude. Fortitude is that noble and steady purpose of the mind whereby we are enabled to undergo any pain, peril, or danger 
when truly deemed expedient. And the passion of Christ, Jesus on the cross, is the display of fortitude par excellence, fortitude of mind, body, and soul. The virtue of fortitude is first forged in the mind. If the mind is weak and frail, so too will the body and soul be. And this is why the three temptations of Jesus in the desert by Satan were attacks on the mind, body, and soul. Testing the fortitude of the Lord's body, Jesus, uh, Satan says, tell these stones to become bread. Testing the fortitude of the Lord's soul, which was a temptation against the Lord's creative purpose, Satan tells him to throw yourself down. Testing the fortitude of the Lord's mind, which was a temptation against the ego and human imagination, Satan tells him, all these kingdoms shall be yours if you just bow down and worship me. A post-Christian society is unnaturally going to have fewer and fewer people with the virtue of fortitude. It's going to have weaker and more compromised men who are not battle-ready because they have lost sight of the authority, sustainer, finisher, and par excellence example of fortitude. That is, Christ Jesus on the cross and resurrected. A post-Christian society which is not grounded in the truth can only produce persons who are weak of mind and who will fall for anything, who will change their opinions at the drop of a dime, and who all they, all they desire is approval from the world. The second point is this. A post-Christian society is apt for an Islamic invasion because the false religion of Islam is filled with those if-but disqualifiers. For example, in the Islamic culture, there are, there are two types of women. There are the modest women who are protected by their father and men in their family, and there are the immodest women who are not protected. In this instance, Islam teaches that women must be protected. But if you are an immodest woman, you can be raped, as journalist Laura Logan was. The rape game, Taharish, as it's called in North Africa, is what they're playing here. Also in Islam, you are forbidden from lying. But if it is an infidel you are misleading for the sake of Islam, you're allowed to lie. Islam is a joke religion, but it fits well in society that has become a joke. And Catholics like Stephen Gray Donis need to decide this day whether they will become men of fortitude and men of the rock or whether they will continue to descend deeper into the post-Christian society in this cesspool of false religion. Real men are not a source of harm. They are a source of healing. Most especially, real men do not harm the most vulnerable, which physically in our society are typically women, and most uniquely in our society are babies in a womb. So prolicide, that is the killing of one's own offspring, harms two of the society's most vulnerable, the mother and the child. And that is why it has been wisely stated that if abortion is legal, then nothing is illegal. Pray for a resurrection of strong men in the Catholic Church. But until then, until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours. Hi, everybody. Thank you for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the content you've missed 
If you'd like to keep supporting my work, consider joining my team on Patreon, where you'll be gifted great perks like books, hoodies, and mugs. Thanks again.